heat of the battle. Um, probably shouldn't have said it, but yeah, there's a few things that concern me, but I had no idea. I mean, how many years have we been playing tennis? And then all of a sudden they spring on us that they can come in between not even a sit down. So it just disrupts everyone's rhythm. I mean, if someone's walking at the back and you're throwing the ball toss up, it's impossible to see it because you've got a moving person behind it. So, yeah, it's, in my opinion, it's not good. I'm choosing my words, words carefully. I just don't understand why we would do that. I mean, we're out there working. Like, that's our job. We're tennis players. We don't come in and storm into an office while someone's in, in a meeting. Like, that's just someone's just barging through the door and making a nuisance, even though it doesn't seem that way, but it is. I mean, it's very off-putting. So that's one thing you can, can compare it to. That was Jordan Thompson speaking after his five-set win over Alexander Vukic. Uh, not sure woke was the word he was looking for in the circumstances. What is woke anyway? And I think half the people that use it don't even know what it means anyway. As I welcome in uh, Brett Phillips. Uh, BP, welcome again ahead of day three. Uh, as I say, I'm not sure he really knew what the word woke mean, but does he have a point about this rule change where people can come in between games, not a, not in a change of end? Yeah, well, it, it, I didn't know that Tennis Australia or the Australian Open had uh, actually officially made uh, that call, uh, Jules. So, uh, you know, I don't think that's been communicated to uh, the media. One thing I've noticed, uh, not only here, but just, um, you know, in tournaments going back over the last uh, 12 months, um, you know, there are ushers who whose job is basically to... Uh, you know, usher people in and uh, make sure people are in in a timely manner because you know, it's not, not a lot of time, 90 seconds to get, particularly in a big stadium like Rod Laver or any court for that matter, it's not a lot, a lot of time to get people out and in uh, and, and seated. So you're always, you're always in this situation of people moving. Uh, it affects more play, some players more than others. Um, but yeah, I mean, traditionally it's always been at the um, uneven games where there's a a 90-second sit-down allows people in and out. Sometimes it's quite frustrating because uh, you can play some long games yeah. that go maybe 15 minutes and people are waiting outside to get in. So I think the whole aim is to uh, get people courtside experiencing uh, the tennis. So if there is uh, you know, a, maybe 30 seconds to get some people in, but even I was sitting in with Demon or in Randich last night and people were moving everywhere. In the top uh, bowl, it's not such an issue, but mm. then in the... Yeah, the eyesight of the players, I certainly understand that. But some players can just zone in and not be affected at all. But some players notice, you know, just a, a hair ruffle uh, going on, uh, Jules. So, yeah, well, I'll be interested to see what comes out of that uh, today because obviously the Australian Open is very aware of how big this precinct now is. Two consecutive days of 80,000 people coming through. The place is heaving. It's hard to get a seat on these outside courts. Uh, the queues are certainly uh, longer, and yeah, they're trying to get people in to experience the tennis. So, yeah, let's see if there's maybe uh, other complaints from players or it becomes an issue. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, that one. Speaking of zoning in, uh, Alex Demonor certainly had to do that after the first set last night, and then unfortunately for Milos Raonic, his body again let him down. But was that just a important little response uh, from Alex, what he showed in that... Uh, second set against a man that was, was playing really well and playing really big in that first set. 
Yeah, we sort of knew how the match was going to unfold. You know, it was sort of if, if Milos, uh, you know, came out serving pretty well, it was going to be tough to break. Then a tiebreaker was probably likely going to loom, and then he yeah got the the better of uh, Demonor, not by much. I mean, they were. Uh, exchanging pretty well off the ground, and you know Milos at times obviously was you know, hitting those unplayable serves. You know, one up, what around two fourteen k's, two twenty one. I think he got up to at one stage, and once he hits his spot, uh, good luck. And then you know Demonor, yeah, started to obviously wear him down, and he went off court Ranich for some treatment. He was looking a little proppy, but there were no signs, obvious signs then that he was going to maybe pull the pin, but as the match kept going, the longer it kept going, and, you know, Demonor obviously using all parts of the court and, you know, obviously the limbs of Ranich not being match-hardened were starting to feel it, so, and everyone knows their own body uh, clearly better than any anyone else, and, yeah, disappointing he had to retire, but you take it, you move on, second round, yeah, I think really fascinating, I'm a big fan of Matteo Alnaldi, Italian, he's risen quickly, He's really, really hungry, loves the contest. He'll stay out there and play all day. He's played, you know, a three-hour match already in Adelaide to start the year. Fourth round, US Open last year, beating Popper at the Davis Cup when he was, uh, you know, second pick behind Yannick Sinner. So he's got his work cut out, Alex. He knows he's going to be in for a really tough contest. Yeah, that's that's no walk in the park, uh, that one. Before we get on to today's action, BP, we've just been talking about Andy Murray. I, I've always been a fan of Andy Murray. I'm not sure why there's been so much dislike towards Andy Murray. Am I being a little bit kind there? Or what have you sort of thought of Andy over the years as a, as a, I guess, a sportsman and a, a competitor and, and the way he handles himself? Well, he used to, used to get ripped because he was boring in press conferences. And quite frankly, he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't lighting up the, uh, the press room. But he always, uh, if you take away just the voice and the impersonators who impersonate him. There's a few <laughs> you know, of them. What he had to, yeah, what he had to say, though, was always um, must listen. Particularly as these guys get into that elder statesman category, like Djokovic now, like Andre Agassi. You know, in the latter part of his career, you go in and listen to their words of wisdom. And, you know, Andy uh, loves the game. You know, he was the first male player to employ a female coach, Emily Marismo. You know, that's obviously stemming from his mum, Judy, you know, being such an influential person in tennis, his respect for women. And, you know, he's been a guy who has got the, you know, the bigger interest of the game, certainly at heart. So, and his tennis is brilliant. I mean, he is one of the, the, the great tennis players is really unlucky. I mean, you know, what's he, three and eight in Grand Slam finals, but you're losing to Djokovic and Nadal, and he could have been a 10-time major champion. I mean, a very intelligent tennis player, super fit, a warrior, who actually, if you go to his practice sessions, Jules, that's when you do see the light-hearted uh, Andy Murray. Uh, the public always saw the very angry, looking at his player box, you know, demonstrative. Um, but that's, you know, that's the killer um, competitiveness of a guy at that top level. But I think Father Time is is catching up with him, and I think the reality now is starting to hit Murray, that he's really struggling to go with these younger guys, and he hasn't he hasn't had a Grand Slam run for about four or five years now. You know, really struggling to get past that second round, maybe a third round. So it'll be an interesting year ahead, because if you can't have impact at the Grand Slams, where it really counts, then what's the point of yeah. just sort of going around. 
This is our coffee catch-up with SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips. Thanks to Maccas. The Aussie Angus Deluxe is back at Maccas. Six Aussies in action today, including James McCabe, Kimberly Birrell, Olivia Gadecki. But the other three matches, really interesting ones, aren't they, BP? Tanasi Kokonakis, who hasn't had a win for a while. He's had a few little injury problems. Isla Tomjanovic coming back from her injury problems. And your man, Maxi Purcell, in action as well. Well, Purcell should win that first round. Hopefully he's feeling good, Max. He's woken up well, had his wheaties, and uh, he's you know beautiful day. Get out there and serve big, play big. Uh, Isla Tomjanovic here, Petra Matic of Croatia, who's been a solid you know player in the top 100, has been seated um, previously at slams. I think Isla is sort of getting better each match she plays. That's what the United Cup showed us. And Thanasi, yeah, Sebastian Ofner, the Austrian who on paper, you know, that's an extremely winnable match. Add on John Kane Arena. Uh, they, you know, they give everyone jelly babies uh, when they walk in there just to get them all fired up and in a frenzy. And hopefully, you know, Fanasi can sort of feed off uh, that crowd, just sort of get himself going. He needs he needs a lot of things to go right, Fanasi. He needs to build an atmosphere and, you know, he does get a little sidetracked and mind wanders a little bit. We know all the assets he brings, but, you know, he needs a win to start the year. As we have seen in the past, it seems like the bigger the stage, the bigger the performance he can produce. So, yeah, extremely winnable in the first round. Some other amazing matches uh, today. Uh, we look at you know, Grigor Dimitrov's in action, Carlos Alcaraz versus uh, Richard Gasquet. How big a danger are the matches uh, for Igor Fiontech against uh, former Australian Open champion Sofia Kennan and also Rabakina playing Pliskova? What chances of upsets in those matches? No chance for Kennan at all. The way Eager's playing, uh, I think that could be... Uh, it might be a bagel in one of the sets. Okay. She's done that regularly to her opponents. So 10, 13, 40, no chance. We'll just uh, write that down in case there is an upset uh, today and we'll play that tomorrow. Thank you. No chance whatsoever. <laughs> and Carolina Pliskova. Well, look, if she is in the zone, uh, she could worry Rebuckina. Um, but... Yeah, the way Elena's playing, winning Brisbane, she's in good form. But, yeah, it's not, not a perfect matchup. If Plishkova gets a lot of free points off her serve, the serve-forehand combination, she could just light it up. Uh, but she's never been the best mover out on the tennis court. But, yeah, I would say she's, um, she's not without a sneaky chance. And we've been speaking about those returning uh, players, particularly the ones that have recently become mothers. Uh, Caroline Wozniacki is through. Naomi Osaka... Not so fortunate last night. I really enjoyed her post-match interview uh, last night, BP, with the press. Sort of, She was fighting that, you know, who do you think you are? Six months ago, you were pregnant. Who do you think you are thinking you can come back and have success? But then the other part of her is like, well, every match I play, I think I can win. So, therefore, I'm uh, disappointed. So, I thought she spoke really well uh, afterwards. And the other one in action today, this is a good match. Danielle Collins versus Angelique Kerber. It's a cracking first-round match. I mean, Collins, we know, made a final here, made two semis. She's loved Australia. It's been really kind to her. And, you know, she's uh, she's as intense as any player out on the tour. A lovely uh, girl off court. She crosses that white line, turns into an absolute uh, fierce uh, competitor <laughs> who's in, in your face. Uh, she played college tennis, so she's come from the rah-rah college tennis sort of setup. So she is an absolute competitor. And, yeah, Angie, look, she got that win at the United Cup. She was a bit scratchy in a couple of the matches when she's the oldest of the mums coming back, what, turning 36 uh, this year, and it's going to be tougher for her than Osaka and uh, Wozniacki and co. 
Um, but yeah, that's a quality uh, first round. I mean, we've had some yeah, great first round. I mean, think Felix Auger, Elias Seymour. Oh, your man. Five hours. With five hours uh, last night in a first round that would be, if those two were at the absolute peak, if Dominic was much higher up, would be probably a, what a fourth round quarterfinal. And then poor old uh, Rinky Hitchikata finishing at 12.30 last night uh, in a five-setter. Just on Naomi Osaka. Now, she wasn't reading a novel, was she, in those change of breaks? It was just tactics, surely, or notes. Yeah, just a few notes, yeah. <laughs> Wim Percet likes to uh, uh, have a few notes with uh, Naomi. And look, I think she struck the ball pretty well, but yeah, it's going to take a few months for her to work into the season. Maybe by US Open time, she's won two of those on a hard court in New York, she'll uh, be in the best nick, but yeah, it's a soft launch and just getting the feel for it back. She's got great perspective and um, I think yeah, her legacy, I'm convinced her legacy will come well beyond uh, tennis. So, yeah, she's a must-listen, no doubt. And before I let you go, that uh, shot, I'm sure you saw it yesterday with Stefano Sitsipas where he just reached over the net and and whacked it away from his opponent. That was that was, that was a bit unique and beautifully done by uh, big Stefano. It's not to touch the net at the same time. Cannot touch that net. He cannot just you know, a zephyr of a touch on it. Uh, yeah, he handled that absolutely uh, beautifully. The, the angle on that, the uh, the camera angle was uh, brilliant. Um, and more players are playing. You know, the drop shot these days. It's in the kit bag of most players, Jules, to you know catch players off guard who are normally you know playing these big baseline uh, rallies. And yeah, it's, uh, they, they cut the margins fine. They, 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 get, they get it so precise, these drop shots with the side spin as well, that, yeah, it's tough to get that back over once you accelerate it to the net. So it was beautifully executed by Sitsi Beautifully done. Uh, BP, enjoy day three. Uh, keep your phone handy because as Sophia Cannon wins the first set, there might be a couple of cheeky messages coming your way. <laughs> Brett Phillips doing a great job with the Australian Open t- uh, coverage here on SEN, the SEN app with Jordan Canellis as well, and a host of very good uh, special commentators as well. That was our coffee catch-up with BP, thanks to Macca's. Barista-made ice-cold drive through for your iced coffee favourites at the McCafe. Wayne Hawks, not too far away. We're going to discuss a big week up on the Gold Coast, the Magic Millions, the sales, and the racing as well. This is mornings for Hyundai. The Hyundai SUV sale event is on right now.